The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Coming to terms with a risen Jesus. And we've looked at a couple of points. New understanding, new responsibility, and today we're going to be looking at a new readiness. We've looked at how things have changed for the disciples. Following that last supper, following the crucifixion the day after, and then on the first week day of the week, Jesus rising again. A lot had changed during that period of time. And now the disciples were being helped by Jesus. That is when he actually appeared and when he came to them, he was spending time with them and actually showing them, listen, guys, this didn't all happen by accident. This was all spoken about in the scriptures. In fact, you need to go back and he encouraged them to go back to the scriptures, to read for themselves, to see that everything that had happened had been prophesied. This is what God had planned and purposed and now it had come to pass. And so there was a richer understanding that the disciples were being led in by going back to the Bible and to the scriptures. And they were also being uh, made ready, if you like, for a promised gift that Jesus had said. He said, it is good for me that I go away. John 16, verses 5 and 7. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, Jesus said to them. And not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. I think this is significant, just to stop at that point in this verse, we realize, you see, the disciples have suddenly been told, oh, I'm going. Now, maybe it's a little bit like I'm saying, like, oh, by the way, I'm going on sabbatical. It's okay. It's okay. If I go away, and this isn't the case if I go away, but if I go away, says Jesus, I'm going to send another just like me to come to be with you. Now, in a sense, that is also true here. If I go away, do you know what? There are other people who are here to help, who are here to guide, who are here to hold the hand. There's no need to be afraid. God is at work. And that's what Jesus was saying. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I go then I will send him to you. That's what Jesus was saying to them. So the disciples were being prepared for this gift of the Holy Spirit. And in all of these changes that were occurring around them, the disciples somehow managed to stay focused, which is quite amazing. They managed to stay focused. They managed actually to remain listening to what Jesus said and not just listening and obeying what he said. Because he says to them, stay in Jerusalem until this gift comes. And so we find the disciples sort of saying to themselves, okay, God, what do we should do? What should we do? We, should, we need to stay here. Okay, what do we do while we're staying here? And we see that the disciples took on a new responsibility because they joined together constantly in prayer. They might not have known the answers, and this is a key thing. In actual fact, they didn't know the answers. The issue was they didn't understand everything that was going on around them. They, they were feeling slightly afraid. It's like, hang on, I feel unnerved. What? These things aren't the same as they used to be. They were feeling all of those things. 
So what did they do? They went back to God in prayer, and we don't know exactly what they're praying, but I do believe they were praying something along these lines. God, we do not understand, we do not know, but we do know this. You are God Almighty, and we're asking you to send the gift of your Spirit to help us understand what is going on and to lead us and guide us in the way that you want us to go. They continued steadfastly in those prayers, getting God's advice for their needs and their situation. A new understanding, a new responsibility, and as I say today, a new readiness. The disciples had heard two things from Jesus that they needed to prepare themselves for. Two things that they needed to get ready for. Jesus had said to them, you need to be ready to go, and you need to be ready for his return. Ready to go, ready for his return. So those are the two points we're going to look at swiftly this morning. Firstly, ready to go. Ready to go and make new disciples. In one of the meetings, one of the gatherings that Jesus had, set, had asked them to be at, post-resurrection, this is, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So there's the instruction that Jesus gave to them. Now, the disciples were quite used to having instructions. The disciples were quite used to Jesus leading them, directing them. You need to go across the lake to the area of the Gerasenes. Oh, guys, we're going off to Capernaum. Hey, we're going off to Bethsaida. We're going today. We're going to go and pop in at Jericho. They were used to getting instructions about where they were going, what was going to happen. Whether they actually were told everything that was going to happen each day, I don't think so. Because on some days, I don't know whether I fancy that. Because they were going to some dangerous areas, some areas like when they're going into Samaria, they're going to a place like everybody argues with us there. Do we really want to go there? So, but they followed Jesus and they were used to the fact of him saying, go and do this. And so they would go and do it. But now Jesus is saying to them, go, I want you to go and make new disciples. I want you to teach them the things that I have told you. So this new command was being given to them. So you can imagine them hearing it on that day. All right, Jesus is saying, go. Okay, we've got to go. Okay, we've got to go and make new disciples. Okay, we've got to teach them this, and we've got to baptize them. Okay. But then when they get back together, what? What does he mean? You can imagine. He says, well, how? How are we going to do this? How? So there's always the question of how. Then there always comes the question of when. When is this all going to happen? When do we start? You know, he said, oh, we've got to wait until the gift comes. So we need to wait until that gift comes. But then when when after that? When? And you can imagine, there's the how, there's the when. There's all sorts of questions. Where? Where do we start? They had heard Jesus say to them, listen, I want you to start at Jerusalem. And then it's going to be Judea and Samaria. And then it's actually going to be all the world. Did he really mean that, all the world? What was Jesus talking about? You can really start to see, actually, if you stop, we're so used to hearing these scriptures that we disassociated ourselves from like, let's receive them just as they are first up. What are you saying to us? What is this task you've got for us? What are we supposed to be doing? Listen, are we supposed to be going and using the same techniques that you did? That we should be praying for the sick? That we should be casting out demons? That we should be raising the dead? Is that what you're saying to us? Are you sure? I know we've had some practice with you, Jesus, but you're going. They hadn't received the Holy Spirit at this point. There was lots of questions. 
Lots of confusion. Lots of not knowing. Do you like it when you don't know? Don't put your hands up, because I know there'll be certain people in this room. Hands up straight. No, I don't like it when I don't know. I like to know where I am. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to know where I've got to go to. I like to know the expectations. You see, we like to have a degree of control. It's not like we're all controlling people like that. I don't mean it like that. It's just that sense of like, okay, you can breathe again. Okay, I know what I'm doing. Okay, I know those plans. We like to have plans. You see, Jesus just says things like, go. Don't you feel that about that for yourselves? Go and make disciples. As soon as you hear it in church, you think like, and there is a sense in your mind, you say, well, when? Look, God, I'm prepared to speak to whoever comes on my path, but I'm not finding many people come across my path who say, tell me about Jesus today. And I tried it in my office, and I don't know where I should say, do you want a cup of coffee with Jesus? What do I? We all know those things. You see, there is a confusion that is in with us as well. We are dealing with these situations in a reality of our world as they were dealing with these situations in the reality of their world. What is it that we can learn from them? I think we need to learn this. That just as they had to go away and recognize, okay, we need to wait for the Holy Spirit. We need to have somebody lead us. And that's what Jesus was saying. Guys, it's not actually changing. What's changing is that I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to send another just like me. But there's a difference. You see, Jesus was in one place at one time. The Holy Spirit is with every believer wherever they are worldwide. Massive difference. And you see, you can find yourself, well, of course, it's all right for them. I mean, if I'd have been with Jesus, I'd be... <laughs> I'd be doing all sorts of things if Jesus was alongside me. But you see, we have the Holy Spirit alongside of us. But here's the thing. The disciples were used to having instructions from Jesus. We're not necessarily used to finding out what our instructions are from the Holy Spirit. There's an interaction here. There's a relationship here that we need to develop. It all happens automatically. Does it happen automatically? Sometimes it does. Some days it does. Many days it doesn't. And it's those days when it doesn't that it causes us some confusion. Okay, I'm going to get up and I, I have hopes, I have dreams, I have expectations of being able to do all the things that God wants me to do. But I'm not quite sure what he wants me to do today. His will is that we go and make new disciples. And it sounds straightforward, it sounds easy, but actually we're finding it difficult. We need to develop our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. That's what the scriptures say, that's what Paul's teaching was. So it comes back to this issue of us trusting. Famous hymn, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And those words are so simple, and yet they're so true. That's all we need to do. We need to come back into that place where it's no longer us saying, this is what I'm going to do. Because our default mode is, if I don't hear anything from you, I'm going to carry on doing what I think is right. That is not the same of saying, I need to stay in this place until I hear from you. Now, I don't mean to say that we just go to our bedrooms and say, I can't go to work. I can't do anything. I've got to stay here until... But there is a sense in which like, we go with a preparedness each and every day that we're listening to what God says. All of the answers can be found 
but they need communication and relationship to find them. Hosea 10 verse 13, it says, It is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness upon you. It is time. And I used to think of that in terms of, okay, we want to see revival. We want to see everything change. Look, if we want to see revival, then it's time for us to seek the Lord. No, no, no. If we want to go about the ordinary, everyday tasks of just trying to do the things that Jesus has asked us to do, then it's time for us to seek the Lord. Because if I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, how can I do the things that he's asking me to do? I need communication. I need relationship. I need to have a new readiness to find time to be with the Lord. To lay my life down. And to say, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. Just as the disciples were showing us, I believe. Guys, we've learned something from being with Jesus. We can't do the things that Jesus does without Jesus being with us. Now, he's going away, but we need that relationship with the Holy Spirit. They needed to be ready to go. Secondly, they needed to be ready for his return. Jesus had told his disciples, I'm going away. And there's always, this, oh, you're going away, you're leaving us, we are, what are we going to do? But there was also a sense which he told them about the fact, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And this understanding that he was going to be coming back. In actual fact, I know that that would have been fixed in their minds, that understanding. Because of the situation of when the conversation had taken place. Matthew 24, which we'll read in a second. But we've got this picture of Jesus being with the temple. So you've got the temple behind him. And one day Jesus is there. Oh guys, you see the temple? Yeah, you know, big temple building, magnificent building, all this sort of stuff. And then Jesus suddenly says, do you know that not one stone is going to be left on another? It's like, this building's going to be ripped apart. Now, hang on. This is the focal point of our religion as Jews. So this was really essential. This is like us, in a sense. I always think one of the greatest buildings in London that identifies London would be something like the Houses of Parliament, or maybe Buckingham Palace, or maybe, I know we shouldn't give too many choices, maybe it would be Tower Bridge, one of those three. Perhaps you'll come up with something else, like the Shard. I don't know. But there's going to be iconic buildings that when you talk about London, you think, that's it. If I see that picture, I think of London. I could be anywhere in the world, but if I see that, I think of London. Or whatever country you're from. There'll be certain buildings that you know of that represent, I know what that means. That means that to me. Now, the temple was one of those buildings. So this means Jerusalem. This means our faith. This means God. That's going to be destroyed. So you can see that I think the disciples would have remembered this conversation. And here we're picking up with Matthew 24. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately You've got the relationship with these guys. Uh, Jesus, tell us, what do you mean? When's all this going to happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? You see, so they knew that Jesus was going to go away. They knew that Jesus was going to come back. What they didn't understand was everything that was going to happen in between those times. And in truth, if you go on and read Matthew 24, there's still quite a lot of debate about Matthew 24. A lot of the things that were said actually took place in their time. 
or shortly afterwards, were fulfilled. And yet we also know this when it comes to Matthew 24. Not everything there has been fulfilled because Jesus has not yet come back again. In our day, we're still waiting. So there's a sense in which not everything was fulfilled in that time. Matthew 24, verses 36, and then verse 44. Jesus says to them, However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. Verse 44, you also, he says to his disciples, must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when he is least expected. You've got to be ready when? When have I got to be ready? Can you be ready next week? Can you be ready next year? You've got to be ready all the time. You get a sense of urgency, the sense of preparedness, the sense that we have to be taking consideration about this. I need to be ready all the time. A new readiness is required of us all. Here's a question. Do I feel ready? Am I prepared? And I say it in that way because then I can reflect on myself rather than any of you needing to be worried about this. Do I feel ready? Do I feel prepared? Well, you see, again, you come back. Well, of course, if I knew when I've got to be ready, I'll make myself ready. If I know it's going to be tomorrow morning, boy... I might not need to sleep tonight because I might need to sort some issues out. Getting ourselves ready. Jesus has said, ready all the time. I'm ready and waiting. You know what it's like if you ever have to catch a taxi or something like that because you're going somewhere, you usually drive, but now you've got a taxi. Perhaps you're going on holiday, you need to get to the airport. Waiting for the taxi. You are ready, bags packed. You are ready to go on holiday. You are waiting for that taxi to take you to the airport. You are ready. It's not like, like, well, actually, of course, there will be some stories where you forgot the alarm. What's that Christmas uh, thing where the family forgot the alarm and all that sort of stuff? Um, That is way off beam, and it's taken me... (laughs) I shouldn't have even thought about that. We get ourselves ready. We know what it is to be ready. Look, if we're thinking like, am I ready? I'm not, not sure. Or if in any way the answer is no, I'm not sure, then it must be that we need to look at some things in our lives or we need to challenge ourselves to say, look, I need to be ready. Now, maybe one of the issues that we're saying is no, I'm not ready. That is because you've never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you recognize there is that end coming. Because at a time and a date we do not know, Jesus is coming back. I need to be ready. If that is you and you've never, ever actually cross that line of saying, Jesus, my life belongs to you. I want to encourage you even this morning, even if you're watching maybe at home, if you've never crossed that line of getting yourself right with God so that you may even begin to become ready, then you can do that this morning by saying, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. Come and change me. Come and forgive me. Come and strengthen me. Come and make me ready. So that I am here ready for you when you return. I do not want to be left. I want to encourage you. Let's not put this to one side. But maybe it's just a case for us that we don't feel ready. And we need to make changes. We need to take steps to make that change. Sometimes it's just because we're a bit casual about it. Oh, you know what? I'll get ready when I get ready. And we know that different people have different ways of looking at time issues. You know, some people are like, I'm always ready five minutes before I need to be. That's it, I'm reading from the front door. Others are like, you know, like, it's all right, we've got plenty of time. 
I'm one of those people, I don't like the idea of like, oh, we've got plenty of time. I like to be ready. I like to know that I'm ready. Some people are just relaxed. Listen, are we just being relaxed? Oh, I'm, I'll be ready when? No, no, no. We need to be ready all the time, is what Jesus says. It's a serious matter. The return of Jesus is a serious matter, and we need to be ready for that. Maybe the... Our answer for, oh, I don't know whether I am quite ready, is because actually of the concerns of those who are around us, family members. I might feel that I'm ready. I might feel that I've got relationship with Jesus. I might feel that I'm now working on that relationship. I know I'm saved. I'm waiting for him to take me back. But what about my mum, my dad, my sister, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, my son, my daughter? What about them? And sometimes if we think about that, then we're saying like, Jesus, hang on, could you put it off? Please, 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 can you, can you at least give me another bit of time? You see, there's sometimes there's a reason why we do not want that to come because there is an urgency on our hearts. That urgency is something we need to bring before God. God, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. If you can't change them by just changing them, change me so that my change can change them. But do something, Lord. Maybe it's just that we're confused and we want to bury our heads in the sand. I don't know if that day will ever come. <laughs> you know, I thought it was going to come last year. But no, here we are. Another year's gone by. It'll probably be another year yet. That type of attitude, I don't think it's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. A burying our head in the sand. Look, we can't stop the plans and the will of God. That is an unalter- uh, un- something you can't alter. But we can start preparing ourselves and seeking him for his help and his guidance to make us ready. And that's where we need to start. When it comes to being ready, then we all need to be stirred. We need to be ready to go. And we need to be ready for his return. We need to be ready for both of those things. But in both situations, our starting place is really that place of relationship, which is the place of prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, guide me. Lord, lead me. You've promised that you would. Lord, let me trust in you. Let me be ready to follow you. That's our starting place. And so we need to come to terms with the risen Jesus, or rather in coming to terms with the risen Jesus. Then there's various things that are coming to us. There's a new responsibility There's a new understanding, this understanding of the scriptures, this responsibility to be seeking God in prayer and of waiting on him. And all that comes into this readiness. We are being made ready by what we're reading, by what we're praying, and we're asking God, please get us in a place where we are ready all the time for your return. I think for myself, even though I'd say, look, hey, I'm ready. My bags are packed. Well, they're not packed. I'm ready for your return. And actually, when you stop and think about it, I think, Lord, please, could you give me a bit more time? Can you just wait just a little bit longer? There are some issues that are concerning me. And even if you start to look around the nations of the world, you think for India for one moment, and many people who know nothing of Jesus, thousands are being swept away from the kingdom of God. You think, Lord, have mercy on the nations of the world. We're crying to you. You see, as you start to think about the need of readiness, it starts to come back to us and say, Lord, am I ready? What's the urgency of my heart? 
Am I still walking around with the clutters of everyday life? Are there those things that I said and prayed about years ago that I said, Lord, take anything you want, but actually I've really wanted to keep hold of them. Are they still holding me back? Or is there a real readiness in me? Coming to terms with the risen Jesus, I think is quite different from coming to terms with the the pre-crucifixion Jesus. There's a new dimension about him. There's a new power, there's a new authority about him. But he's going. But he's going to be sending his Holy Spirit and has sent the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to help us. So let's develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit so that we might be ready for his return and that we might be ready to go. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.